Welcome to another edition of The List, the Right Fiction Podcast. We've got a wonderful show for everyone today about our favorite songs from New Orleans in celebration of Mardi Gras. Before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners just like you. Also, be sure to check out our website, www.writefiction.com, where you can find the Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mentioned in the pod. Now, let's get to it. There is no post-Christmas letdown in New Orleans. That's because on January 6th, the final day of Christmas, also known as Twelfth Night, the official start of carnival season begins and goes to the day before Ash Wednesday or the first day of Lent. On the day before Ash Wednesday, New Orleans descends into a chaotic flurry of crowds and colorful masks, all in celebration of Mardi Gras, the last day of the carnival celebration and also known as Fat Tuesday. Music is a key component to the carnival season and to New Orleans life in general. And there have been many artists throughout the years that have lifted up the Mardi Gras spirit in their music. And on today's show, in honor of Mardi Gras Day on March 1st this year, we are figuratively going down to New Orleans to give you our favorite Mardi Gras-inspired songs. And um, happy to be uh, here today guys with you guys in new orleans smelling all the beignets, beignets and yeah i literally i intentionally used my cafe du monde coffee mug ah. today for you guys brandon has a cafe du monde go. coffee cup and uh chicory it got the chicory chicory in and we're doing it all this this stuff and and also i gotta say this this pot is also in in honor of cj mccollum i don't know if you guys know who cj mccollum is but CJ McCollum is going to New Orleans too, so this is also in honor of him, guys. Um, how do you feel about CJ McCollum going to New Orleans, Adam? Uh, good luck, buddy. <laughs> oh, is that a sport guy? Is a sport guy. Oh, okay. hey, All right, I put it. Hey, together. but hey, but I got he, is, he is a, he is a Kutztown alum. Is that correct? Uh, I think uh, like a loser, like like uh, uh, was it Lehigh maybe? Lehigh, there uh, it is. Yeah, I knew it was like a central PA. Yeah, so it is, okay. there is a little. Uh, so there's yeah, a connection. I mean, uh-huh. You bring it back. Lawrence That's crazy Philly that connection. Uh, you know someone from Lehigh is a high of note NBA player. But yeah, but uh, I, I'd say to CJ, I hope Zion does play because if it doesn't play, you're just gonna be get fat eating all the awesome food there and never winning basketball. Yeah. There's awesome food in New Orleans. There's awesome music in New Orleans, and then there's Mardi Gras. I've never been there. Um, I don't know if I'd like to go, but um, in general, though, if I was twenty. <laughs> in general i know i love new orleans and i know the rest of the guys uh love new orleans and uh mm-hmm. that's why we're we're yeah. really excited to you know do this show today to kind of talk about these kind of uh new orleansy mardi gras songs and um have you guys been to new orleans twice twice what, what about you Freddie? many times adam have you been i've been there a few times yeah i've been to jazz fest in 2010 and i was at a wedding a few years before that right on and had nice. a great time both times. Nice. Both were. Yes. And I've say, been, I, I would I would fly down just to go to dinner in New Orleans. I love oh, yeah. the food. The restaurants, oh. the oh, food yeah. is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've been there a bunch of times. Uh, Satchmo Fest, yes. French Quarter Fest. Yeah. That's that's a good one, right? Yeah, that's 
I've never been to Jazz Fest, though. No, jazz Fest is cool. Yeah. Not a lot of jazz, surprisingly. <laughs> well, that's not the focus, necessarily. Yeah. You got to go anymore. to the smaller the smaller tents. The smaller tents have exactly. jazz. The bigger tents the have gospel tent. arcade that's fire. And, yeah. 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 Anyway, we're, we're, I want to hear more about, uh, I know, Freddie, especially you, you've had some experience at Jazz Fest. I've played and, there a couple times. Um, I've always wanted to go and uh, kind of, but I've, I've, I've had the New Orleans experience and uh, it's always been uh, just like an amazing experience. Just the vibes of the city. You walk down the street, and it's just like music just coming from somewhere. You might see it in front of you. You might, you know, hear it down the street. There's like always music everywhere. Yeah. And uh, not only that, though, a lot of times like it has like a similar kind of like just um, a, a, a vibes to it. And um, that you can only find in New Orleans. Uh, however, I mean, you've heard bands do it outside of New Orleans, but ah, they're just imposters. Um, so we're going to talk about the the uh, the real deal today. And uh, so yeah, let's why don't, why don't we get into our, our our list, guys? What do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. And uh, you know, kicking things off here, uh, we're going to go with oh, you know, before I do anything else, of course, I always forget to do this, but. Of course, on the show still, as always, we got Brendan Meta Potai McGeehan. Oh, Hello, sir. Top of the uh, middle of the morning to you. Gentlemen. Middle of the morning <laughs> to you. Uh, of course, we got uh, Adam Anonymous Pumpkin. Uh, 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 Adam Hedrum. Uh, Blonde Selick. Dr. Podiatrist. Zelinsky. The list yep. keeps growing. Yep, life keeping me away <laughs> once again from the in-person pod. If it's not a stomach bug, it's a, an obscene window from your security company to, to come here. It's cable, cable company hours. You shall not be oh, yeah. named. <laughs> yeah, between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Um, mon- <laughs> you know, I don't know, it's a four-hour window, but it's still, uh, I, I almost came and played with fire, but that's when fire burns you. You play with it like that. Yes. Yeah. So it's not an arcade fire oh. that we'd like to get into. No, it's not. But maybe uh, maybe they'll sponsor us. Talk to talk to your sales <laughs> rep about that. Now that you you sacrificed. By, yeah, I'm like, hey, they I got this you. pod. I got this pod. <laughs> sponsored by ADT. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and then of course we got Freddie, Bobetti, Freudy. I said Bobetti, right? Yes, you did. Bobetti. Freddie, Frankie Beans, Freddie Beans. Hello. Freddie Burmy. Yeah. What's up, all you all out there? Hello. Anyway, Greetings. and then, of course, uh, there's me, uh, Aaron Brown, uh, a.k.a. Corn Teeth, a.k.a. the Mookie Blaylock of podcasts, uh, playing hardcore D on Defenders uh, since 1985. Um and that's me. So inspiration for grunge rock bands. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, Patty, what are your like top three favorite Mardi Gras slash New Orleans inspired songs that you like to share today? I love how you brought that up in such a casual way, as if we're not, as if that's not the main reason we're here. <laughs> that was that was great. It was, it was it was so conversational. You're such a broadcaster. I'm getting better, guys. You are okay. So my number three pick, I went with the soul queen of New Orleans, Irma Thomas, and It's Raining, and that came out in 1962. It's raining so hard, brings back memories, 
And I mean, come on, you know me, classic soul music and throw in a New Orleans flavor to it. Just shake a little bit of the New Orleans um, seasoning on your soul music and you've got some Irma Thomas. So that's why it's my number three. My number two, I went with the song Yellow Moon by the Neville Brothers off of an album of the same name. I broke our gentleman's rule of repeating because this was on, this is one of my picks for our 80s podcast which was at this point quite a while ago because it is one of my favorite albums i love yellow moon daniel lanois produced record they did it in like a a mansion in new orleans i mean if you're going to make an album in new orleans i feel like that's the best way to do it you rent one of those old mansions you set up a studio and the neville brothers just came in and did their thing and i think you could have slipped that one by you could have slipped that one by that was like 60 podcasts ago (laughs) i know but i am a gentleman of honor if i if nothing else i (laughs) yeah right uh and so Moving on, my number one, I went with a real gem of New Orleans, Henry Butler, and uh, a track that he put out in 2004 called Henry's Boogie. And if you don't know Henry Butler, definitely look him up. I'm fairly new to the game for him. I've only started to dig into his discography over the last couple of years, but he's virtuos, virtuosic New Orleans piano stylings and just incredible. So for me, he's he's right up there at the top with the big names of New Orleans piano, and I think he deserves to be have a spot on the on the podium, so to speak. So that's why he's my number the, one. The Mount Rushmore. Nice. He's he's on your Mount Rushmore of. Of New Orleans jazz piano, yes. He's <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got to say, that song is, I've never heard of Henry Butler in my entire life. Um, but especially the intro of that one song, um, it, it is just so good. It is just so awesome. Like the uh, like the kind of bass piano thing that happens there. Oh, strong left hand. Oh, it's yeah. so, but yeah. th- with the bass doubling up. Right. On, that, on that track, Henry's Boogie. It's funky, and but like distinctively New Orleans. Yeah. And like also just totally a tour de force. Wow, I can't believe I fit that phrase into a show. Uh, well done, <laughs> Meta. Anyway. <laughs> a real home run of a <laughs> reference. Uh, it's like almost like you're a tome of information. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. We... Um, oui. Uh, Mr. Bo Betty, Freddie Beans. What do you got, buddy? All right. So I took this assignment literally, and all the songs I picked relate directly to Mardi Gras. So the first one, or my number three, is by the Wild Chapatulas, Meet the Boys on the, the Battlefront. And I presume that's relating directly to the Mardi Gras Indians, which were originally gangs that um, masked what they called. um, And they would meet each other and have, I don't know, a dance off, a music off, or whatever. Who's bad? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And And who knows, maybe back in the day it, 
broke down into fighting. I don't know. I've heard various. Nobody really wants to talk about that, but it probably happened. And um, the Wild Chop Tools are basically the Neville Brothers and the Meters and a bunch of Mardi Gras Indian chiefs. Um, and a guitarist who actually, he might still live in Philly, he used to come over to Dawson occasionally and play, Dawson Street Pub, for those of you unaware, a guy named Teddy Royal. I don't know if you've ever heard oh. of him. Mm. Anyway, that's my number three. So the battlefront would be, you know, where these guys went to show their stuff. Okay, number two, we have one of the said masters of New Orleans piano, Professor Longhair, and go to the Mardi Gras. While you go to New Orleans, you ought to go see the Mardi Gras. If you go to New Orleans, you ought to go see the Mardi Gras. One of the great Mardi Gras songs, obviously, has the word Mardi Gras in the title. So that's self-explanatory. My number one song is, in my opinion, maybe the funkiest song ever, ever. And it's Bo Dallas and the Wild Magnolias, another group, another, you know, Mardi Gras Indian group. Honda Wanda. And the story behind this is pretty interesting. Uh, apparently, in 1969, uh, Jazz Fest founder Quint Davis attended a White Eagles Mardi Gras Indian practice to record that tribe's big chief, but discovered another voice while there, Bo Dallas. He requested Dallas to make up a song that hadn't been sung before on Mardi Gras Day. And Dallas said, well, I'll try. And he went home and he wrote Honda Wanda. Funky, 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 funky. If this song doesn't make you want to dance, you got no legs. So anyway, there's my three. Excellent picks, sir. Excellent picks. Okay. Blonde, Selleck, what do you got, man? All right. Um, I am also a man of honor, and I have two repeats on here from previous pods, but <laughs> we're dishonorably kind of yeah. I've been dishonorably discharged. Uh, but my first one, my number three, is not a repeat, and that is "Ain't That a Shame" by the late great Fats Domino. Kind of a, I mean, this is kind of before the Nola sound was a thing, but he's he's a Nola man, and you can hear that Nola, you know, influence in his playing. I don't know if he makes Brendan's Mountain Rushmore, but he's 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 you know he's one of the grandfathers of the scene, so to speak. So I think he deserved a little nod there at my three. At number two, I have Small Town Talk by God. Everyone's dead on this list by the late great Bobby Charles. And in small town. 
he was kind of a fixture in the scene before, and then for this album, the this self-titled in the early '70s, he got together with uh, uh, Rick Danko of the band, and Danko kind of gave a the little of that Bears Bearsville um, kind of sound to the Northern sound. I think it created this great gumbo, so to speak, of of sounds. And uh, this Bobby Charles album is like my Sunday morning go-to, time and time again, at my number two. And then number one, we can't have a New Orleans talk without the late great. Alan Toussaint, and I went with uh, Country John off the Southern Nights album, which is just a masterpiece through and through. He had like a three or four album run there that um, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And uh, and uh, I don't know if anyone's ever done it better in that scene in my eyes, so... Uh, there's my three. Excellent picks. Good Wonder, picks. Wonderful picks. And, uh, man, that Bobby Charles album that you kind of turned me and, and everyone else in New Zealand on to. Amazing record. Yeah. Man, that's so good. So good. I don't know about that. Do you know that he wrote See You Later, Alligator? I did not. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a song. I just was saying that to people. I just I was just saying that to people. Alligator. Yeah. Do 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 do. After a while, crocodile. That's it. Oh. Well, you live and learn. Yeah, you man. live and learn. Oh, right. my grandmother used to That's say why we're that here. to me. I have a grandmother story for part oh, two, by yeah. the way. Teasing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around, guys. <laughs> Stick around. You don't want to miss part two. <laughs> yeah. We got grandma stories. Oh, it's a real tease there. I love it. <laughs> don't want to miss that. Hot off the presses. Uh, anyway, this is uh, Aaron, a.k.a. Corn Teeth. And my number three song for today is a song, it's a little song by uh, called Lil Liza Jane. And uh, the version I picked was from the New Birth Brass Band, um, and it's off of their 1997 D-Boy um, album. And, uh, you know, it, the song is this. It's really about the song. And I'd, I'd like to kind of bring bring more, I guess, discussion to the song specifically. It's an excellent version um, of the song by the New Birth uh, Brass Man. But the song in particular just makes me uh, have so many so many ideas about um, why and how New Orleans song culture just continues to be such a vibrant thing today. And so anyway, that's my number three pick. My number two pick, I literally just found this out, found this song, found this group out maybe a week ago, half a week ago, and it's a song called Indian Red nice. um, by uh, off of the album Fire on the Bayou. Uh came out in 2015 by this group called the 79ers Gang. And um, you know, 79ers gang is is uh, is basically Jermaine Bossier and Romeo Boger, uh, the the big chiefs of two rival gangs, the Seventh Ward Creole Hunters and the Ninth Ward Hunters, coming together to uh, kind of create this musical group. And man, it's like this song, and then the subsequent album, and all the rest of their music. It's just so raw and perfect. It's so perfect. 
and um, it just gives me all the New Orleans feels and um, kind of gives you that 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 Indian culture kind of thing happen. And anyway, and my number one pick, I can't go, I can't pick, I can't ha- do any so- show about New Orleans without picking this dude. Um, he is uh, the king, uh, Louis Armstrong, and his version of "Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans?" Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans and miss it each night and day? I know I'm not wrong. The feeling's getting strong. And uh, came out 1947. It was actually for um. A, uh, a movie called New Orleans that c- came out, a movie, 1947, um, and it was on the soundtrack. Um, and I believe he actually played in that movie as well. I've never seen the movie. I heard it was, um, I heard it's, you know, cool music and stuff, but kind of problematic otherwise, as I'm sure just about every mo- movie in 1947 is. Um, but the song is super awesome. It's been played by everybody, and um, you can't you can't talk about this topic without talking about Louis Armstrong. So. Um, that's my. Top you can't three. fly into New Orleans without coming up with it. You really can't, can you? It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. It's like Louis Armstrong and laxative. That's that's the only things that come to mind. But anyway, um, uh, that's my pick, and we'll be back again with some uh, some more discussion. So hold on. And we are back. And uh, while we were in that, that that break there, the guys looked at me like I was crazy, um, mostly because I am, but also because I, I just dropped in there Louis Armstrong and laxatives. And they were like, why? What's going on here? And I was like, you guys don't know about that? Like, you, do you don't know about that? I do. You do know Actually, about yeah. it? Or do you just looked it up? No, no, no. I just put one and one together. I just, uh, yeah, that was his... That was his. That, that was, was his, his thing. thing. That and marijuana was, yeah, really his thing. Yeah, this, the Louis Armstrong house is uh, we, uh, 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 Rebecca and I, we went to the Louis Armstrong house in Queens, and uh, we're we're all about Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong is our guy. Sashmo Festival. Right we sat through all of the. the we we go there and sit through all the, the 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 the, the you know presentations and stuff. One of his producers was, on, was talking about him. That anyway. A big thing about if you go to the Louis Armstrong house, it talks about how he loves Swiss Chris. Swiss Chris was his thing. And it's a laxative. And I, I don't know, like, like I like coffee. And I talk about, like, oh, I like, you know, this kind of coffee. But, like, he loved talking about Swiss Chris. Uh, <laughs> that was his bag. I, I didn't know about that. And so, anyway. Some of us have a couple oh, cups of coffee in the morning. And some of us just eat a bunch of Swiss Chris. <laughs> that's, that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That has nothing to do with New Orleans, per se. I guess if you're right. eating the food, maybe you Maybe it helps out, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> Can't be all plus. <laughs> Thanks for bringing I'm that. So puzzled. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the the topic at hand. And uh, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Really, so I want to go to you, Freddie, first. Okay. Right. Um, so one of these things, and it's really been on my mind, is like you know, one this playlist is incredible. I listened to this thing, and I was just like, yeah, this this John is is nice. We brought it. We definitely and uh, 
And but if you hear a lot of the songs, it's got the New Orleans rhythm, that syncopated kind of thing that happens. And when you hear like a song like um um is is it in Yellow Moon? Is that is it kind of the rhythm in there? Maybe uh, a little one bit? of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know it's in the Go to the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor yeah. Long Hair. Um, so what is that rhythm? And I'll talk to you, you rhythm guys. You ri- you rhythm princess. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. I literally just just last week gave Freddie a book, from, a Stanton Moore, Stanton Moore drumming book, book because I was like, line. you know what, Freddie, I've had this book for like 10 years and I've never opened it. I think you should have it. And I've seen that book <laughs> in every music shop that I've gone into and never picked it up. Right. So I thank you. My birthday present early. That's, that's right. That's great. Happy Which birthday, yeah. Next week, 17th. Anyway, so that rhythm, wow. it's... I, I believe got its roots in Caribbean, but that, I mean, it's kind of a clave, you know, clave would be, or, yeah, or, three, two versus two, three, right, mm-hmm. rumbo clave. And what's a clave for those? Clave who... is like a, a rhythm within the rhythm. That holds everyone together. Uh. Yeah, it's sometimes it's played, sometimes it's implied. It doesn't always have to be played. Exactly. So the New Orleans street beat rhythm, and also uh, clave is a Bo Diddley beat, quote unquote. Right. That's the Bo Diddley. Hey, Bo Diddley. Right. right. But the New Orleans street beat thing is kind of like. Uh, And it's somewhere between swung and straight, you know, and it's somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, it swings. But that rhythm also is a universal rhythm that you hear in Middle Eastern music. You hear it all over the world. It's kind of interesting. Definitely. And it's like a polyrhythm, like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, one. So that's like that's the basis of the second line rhythm. But I guess it's you can second line. Yeah, you guys ever been part of a second line? I have not. My sister got married uh, in in New Orleans and got a second line. What wow. you can like hire a brass band to do a second line. Oh yeah, that's uh-huh. why I was at a wedding there, uh, like two thousand eight, for some uh, uh, friends of my wife, and yeah, we ended it with a second line parade. For those of you, you where pretty much you got a brass band, and then everyone gets a bunch of umbrellas and gets behind the brass band, and then you just kind of march around and you know, sh- you know, move your umbrella up and down and have a grand old time, and then drink some some hand grenades and eat some golf shrimp. <laughs> We actually the had New a, a New Orleans brass band <laughs> As you do. come in to our wedding um, uh, reception. They had, These guys had just moved to, I got married in Nashville. These guys had just moved to Nashville from New Orleans. And my buddy Amos saw them out on the street. I guess they were finishing up a gig. And he grabbed them. I guess slid them some dough and said, hey, would you guys want to come in here and just do a second line? 
And they came into the bar and did a second line around the club, in and out. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> <We got> pictures. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. And uh, so so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let me stick with you, Freddie, and um, I'll actually get your, your take on this, Adam, as well. Um, so, you know, you got the Mar- – have you hey, – well, first of all, I gotta say, none of none of us have been during the Mardi Gras carnival. I have. I have by, really? by accident. Yeah, I Whoa. I had planned a trip down there and didn't realize it was the first weekend of Mardi Gras, Whoa. and like found out when we landed. Dude. So <laughs> you got you got to expound on that. Like, uh, what what I mean, did you did you lift up your shirt? Is what happened? Yeah, countless times. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got some beat. Yeah. Is that anyway, what the guys do? They like? lift up their shirts. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it was it's a total tourist trap, and it's unruly and uh i'm not i'll be honest i don't remember all of it (laughs) but i think that's a lot of people's experience when they go but you just woke up weighed down in like like a thousand beads (laughs) right i mean just picture (laughs) like the the most raucous street festival you can imagine where they close down all the roads except it never ends like that's what it is and everybody's participating and so you know and it's relegate a lot of it's on bourbon street which is a touristy area but it's a, it's a sight to behold for sure, and a lot of blue drinks. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we didn't really spend much time with it, but just like, just took it in enough to be like, oh, okay, that's Mardi Gras, and now let's go hear some music that we want to hear. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I've I've never been uh, during Mardi Gras, um, but I've been in the off times, and uh, I feel like it's so much better. I I've never been that time. My dad once once once. once. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's just like a lot of stuff." And I was like, "Whoa, man! I like to just do the things that are, that are like doable, and not have to deal with like every street being Bourbon Street, right?" Which is um, for for folks out there that don't know Bourbon Street, Bourbon Street is just like um, the way I re- the way I explain it to uh, Rebecca is like there's there's like you know predators and vultures, predators, vultures, and prey, and if we go in there. We're probably going to be to pray, so let's not go on there because we're not we're not vultures and we're not predators. It stinks too. A preservation Literally. hall is on literally. Bourbon. Yeah, there is it's, there is the hall. There, that's a gem on Bourbon. Isn't it off off of Bourbon, Ray? It's right there. I mean, it's it's right there, but not on it. Uh, I think it is. I've been there. Right? I've yeah, there. I'm pretty sure it's remember. on it. Yeah, I think. And it then is it, on then it. just a bunch of yeah clubs, and you can drink twenty four. I, I enjoyed. Um, Doing stuff off of Bourbon Street because it is very touristy. It's like it's like going to the Strip in Nashville. You know, it's got its certain touristy charm, but the better stuff is kind of just a little off to the side. Right. And um, let me go to you. Uh, to, so the Jazz Fest is like uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest is a huge deal down there. And this is like a, an opportunity for music celebration outside of just the carnival stuff. And I believe it happens in the spring. And uh, for, for some of the folks here, uh, I know, Freddie, you've actually – played it right and, and adam times. you've actually been as a spectator um yes. so from from that experience what what was that experience like actually playing and i what, did you play with um preservation jazz hall there too as no i played um so by the way pres hall is on saint peter i ah. played at pres hall with pres hall and a combination of preservation hall and our band the Amos Lee Band, and then they played with us on, in Camden at the BB&T or whatever 
that place is about to be called. Yeah. Again, they changed the name. Um, and but the jazz fest we played twice. We played the same stage both times too. Um, it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, was there was there a camaraderie there between musicians or like what was the scene or was it just like really touristy or like what was the vibes from a performance standpoint? Well, it's interesting. I had actually been as a spectator before I played. So it's kind of a different experience. You know what I mean? Um, when you're a performer there, it's like playing any other festival. I mean, you can choose to stay there all day if you want. And we had, I'm trying to think, two times. Each time was different. Um, I think each time we were staying over or maybe the one time we were staying over. So that makes it different as opposed to just getting back on the bus and going to the next town. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, it's all kind of a blur, but I made sure to get over to the gospel tent every time I'm there because that's, that's where it goes down. That's what's happening. And as uh, uh you, I know Adam, you said you've been there. Like, what was your experience, man? Well, I, I had um actually it's the same friends who went to, we went to our wedding there in New Orleans. We went down to Jazz Fest with them uh, uh, a couple years later, and they at the time were living right by the fairgrounds, which was great. So like we woke up and you could hear like there was music starting at, like 10 a.m. and we're this is back when I could actually sleep to them, and you'd get up and. And you'd hear, and you're like, oh, well, let's walk over, check it out. And you'd, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of stages. Um, and you'll probably attest to this, Freddie. Jazz Fest is known for their starting on time. Everything is on time at every stage, unless you're the Strokes. The Strokes decided not to start on time that year. And the, the, the people were very mad about that. But um, I just, I remember. Hopefully just, their set got cut short because of it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And they were, they might have had a, been a little busy uh, enjoying the festivities backstage before coming out. Uh, <laughs> that's the strokes. That's, you know, that's part of the image. But um, I just re- recall just music wise, there's so many things going on at once. It's like like any festival. And I was like at the first Bonnaroo, I'm just like, oh, God, I got to make some hard choices. You know, I got to choose between certain things. And, and, and there's always, you know, I mean, any more jazz fest is a lot of rock and roll names. And those, those were great. But if you say, and you look in the gospel tent, then there's like this little paddock tent that I saw like Stanton Moore and just a bunch of local musicians going at, just doing this weird stuff that was just, you know, just awesome. And actually that's where they ha- keep the good beer on tap was at the, at the paddock tent. You heard it and here then, first. And uh, I also remember just, I'm a big, Sam, I'm a big fan of the food. I remember just getting like some jambalaya at the festival and it's in this massive, massive vat. And yet you're just like, oh, this is going to be all dried out. It's been all day. They scoop it out, and it's like the perfect consistency. You're just like, I can't get like a, a two-quart thing of rice to be right. And they get this jambalaya perfect. Yeah, yeah Freddie, what's up? Um, crawfish Monica. Um, next time you're down there, they sell it. You know, they have the food area, food truck area. Mm-hmm. Crawfish Monica is basically like pasta salad with crawfish. Oh, I had that. So good. So good. I have a question for you, Adam. Mm -hmm. Where you were staying. So there's like a block party that happens after the fest shuts Mm -hmm. down. 
outside of this bar called Liuzas. Do you know about that? Were you anywhere near that? Um, I was. Uh, I could very well have been because yeah. At the end of my whole thing, it was just like because I know a lot of this stuff about Jazz Fest is going back to the city for the late night, you know, stuff which we didn't get no, to this because is we got caught up after. Yes, because we never got to the late night because we got caught up in all these other bands playing at all these other parties just surrounding the area. That, and that was my yeah. favorite part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't remember if it was that exact bar. But... leave the fairgrounds through the same exit. And if you go like behind the main stage down to the right, and if you just go out there and keep walking around, you'll see this. I remember the first year I went, there was this guy with a drum set set up just outside in front of his house, just killing it, just him and himself. And if you just, we just walked around and we found this block party outside of this bar, maybe the best Bloody Mary ever. Ooh, wow. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> the, the, was it the Continental Hotel? I think that's down there. Right on. Uh, Spicy not the Continental, it was, or Co- Colonial Hotel, something. Anyway, it's on like St. Charles or whatever. And man, they got the they got that's the blessed oh bloody very. Uh, yeah, but anyway, let me bring it back to music Sorry. real quick. Let me bring it back to music. Because <laughs> there's something I'd like to get into, and it's it's kind of Philly slash New Orleans kind of verse New Orleans kind of feel to it. Uh-oh. Uh So one of the things I've been thinking about. So I love New Orleans. I love the music culture. Um, the fact that like carnival is a thing, and there's carnival songs, and like everybody down there knows the carnival song songbook, right? So if you're a musician and you live in New Orleans, you you are right, you got to know how to play, uh, you know, uh, go go to the Mardi Gras, right? You got to know how to play Little Liza Jane, right? You got to know how to play. Do you know what it means? If you're more trad jazz, you got to know how to play. Do you know what it means to Miss New Orleans, right? There's like there's like these songs, and you got to know them to plant and. If you're a local and you live there, um, you just like no, like all right, they're gonna play Little Liza. You like when it gets to the chorus, oh Little Liza, like you know, okay, now it's my turn, time to participate. Mm. And uh, you know, I've been thinking about like Philadelphia and Philadelphia music culture, and there's a deep Philadelphia musical culture. But I think the big difference and why Philadelphia never had, it never has the, you know. People don't come to Philadelphia to hear music per se. They don't like get on the plane or bus, or whatever, just to hear music. It's because there's no like common musical thing here. When we're in New Orleans, like you go to, all right, you gotta learn how to play this song, that song, that song, that. And then the audience knows, all right, this is my turn to participate. This is my time because I know the songs. You're gonna play my song. Right. I know my song. And then there's a, the common beat that goes throughout it, like we were talking about the right. clave. You're like, all right, I know, like, I can't really do the, you know, the second line dancing or whatever, but that's like a thing that I'm going to try to do because right. I'm here or whatever, right? It's like, it's like a, a, symbi- a symbiotic relationship between the performance. And in and, and Philly, there isn't that. And um, that's one of the things that, I mean, I, maybe it's just my own thing. I, I'm just talking to myself about this right now, but that's one of the things that I really thought thought that's difference between Philadelphia and New Orleans where New Orleans has this like relationship between the audience and the music and the performers that um, is just so unique and special to it and part of it a big part of it is the Mardi Gras experience where there's the songs that every year every year you're gonna play these songs 
right? Um, Adam, what do you got, man? I, I want to build upon that a little bit because this is kind of leading where I was hoping it would lead. I, uh, two things. One's going to be a, a statement and, and another is a question. Um, number one, when you're talking like New Orleans or like Nashville or like Colorado or something, those are kind of like like destination like, kind of places. It's like, like uh, when you're in like the, the Northeast Corridor here, like Philly, New York, Boston, it's like everyone kind of goes back and forth and everything's kind of had their scenes around here, but it's a little easier to get around. If you're like down in Louisiana, it's like you're kind of down in Louisiana. It's like there's, <laughs> there's like where, where else are you going? So the kind of that, that community kind of builds because you got to make it work right there. You know, I mean, like, you know, if you're not feeling Philly, you'd be like, ah, hey, let me go to New York. Like, what do people in New Orleans come out like? Hey, let me try uh, South Padre Island, Texas, <laughs> I, I, Tallahassee. <laughs> let me go to Biloxi. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think part of that is like the same with like kind of Nashville. It's like you're there. You know, you're like you're. Uh, when you're in like an area where there's not so much more around, you make you make what's good there around you. And I wanted to redirect this to to, um, uh, to Patty over here because my my question is something I want to hear him answer, and that's what is the the defining characteristic of like the New Orleans sound? Like everyone's like, oh yeah, make it more New Orleansy. What what does that mean? <laughs> well, I think it's a few things. I mean, first of all, I think that. A lot of New Orleans musicians go through the motions a lot and play that stuff because they know that it's part of their job. I don't even know that all of them want to be playing that every year, year after year, because the music has developed and musicians have developed and they don't always want to be playing Saints every gig that they do. You know what I mean? But having said that, to Aaron's point, there is there's a commonality. There's like the same blood coursing through the veins of the musical culture down there and i think what you're asking is what that sounds like and it sounds a little a little bit like what freddie talked about earlier with rhythm and having it's like somewhere in between swing and straight it's not quite one or the other it's got a looseness and a tightness at the same time it's got attitude for days it's got expression and emotion to it it's like it just feels new orleans and that's there's i think we can all I think we all know what that feels like. And to try to quantify that, I'm going to, I'm failing miserably at trying to actually quantify that, but there is a certain characteristic. And when, what was interesting post Katrina too, when you had a lot of people that were displaced was the way that musicians from New Orleans infused their stylings into other parts of the country because they had to. And then they, and then there's people like Winton who do it as part of his mission statement for sure. I mean, everything he's doing at Jazz and Lincoln Center has a New Orleans flavor to it. I mean, that's just part of his deal. So I think it, it can manifest in a lot of different ways, but there is something about musicians from New Orleans and music from New Orleans that has a character to it. And I think it's everything that we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I would actually say one more thing about that is um, it kind of reminds me of, um, so I'm a, I, the reason that, how I came to be into uh, New Orleans is the the show called Tremay, right? Love it. And then it was a great show and everything. And anyway, this one guy first went, couple of seasons. Anyway. <laughs> 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 There's one guy uh, on the show, Antoine uh, Baptiste, played by Wendell Pierce, and he said this thing where I just kind of like when you were talking about that is like a what you kind of encapsulated. It just kind of what he said is like when he was about to go play music, he's like play for that effing money, and that's kind of like the vibes that I here when their people are playing that playing that music they're like they might not even want to play it or what, but it's like play for the effing money because that's <laughs> the culture is that's how you make your money doing the thing um freddie what do you got here? 
couple of things. Um, first of all, what you were saying about destinations, I think Chicago is similar uh, for the blues. Mm. Think about it. I never, I've never thought that actually. Really, Chicago blues? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a thing. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's totally a thing. A thing. <laughs> um, Muddy Waters, Willie Dixon, Chess Records. Who? All right, <laughs> never mind. The other thing is Mardi Gras does not just happen in New Orleans. There's Mardi Gras in Mobile. There's Mardi Gras in other parishes in Louisiana. Sure. And you have to talk about the Caribbean, Carnival, Mardi Gras. So I guess, you know, because of Catholics? <laughs> kind of. We have yeah. Carnival. Kind of. Rio. You know what I mean? Like, you can't not talk about that because that's the whole reason for, Catholics. for the being yeah. of, the, of this to celebration. Say, to say nothing of Brasilia, Brazilian Carnival. Rio, yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. Is that the Catholic thing? Huh. Yeah, because I know it's such yeah. a pa- there's so much talk of pagan stuff down there too, you know. Well, yeah. syncretism, you know, the combination uh, of hmm. things. It, it's the the, the 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 horns of Catholicism and paganism locking, you know. Well, voodoo that, that happens. You know, there's everywhere. a voodoo fest. That happens everywhere. But I I will say though that um, so I don't know nothing about the Brazil carnival or the, any other carnivals or the Mardi Gras. All I know is New Orleans has Professor Long here, and that's good enough for me. So on that note, we're going to take a short break and come back and give you our honorable mention. So hold on. And we are... And before we get out of here, we're going to give you guys some some honorable mentions for you to kind of check out. Um, again, this playlist may be one of our best ones. I mean, you, you put it on, you're going to lo- you lose at least 150 calories just by listening. So, um, yeah, go make sure you check out our Spotify playlist for this one. But, uh, Brendan, um, I know you're bringing some, um, some weirdo vibes here. What do you got, buddy? To be expected. <laughs> My first pick is a newer release by this band Garage A Trois. came out in 2021 and a song called The Epic. And this band I love actually the first time I found out about them was the first time I was in New Orleans and we were having dinner at this restaurant across the street from this club, and there was a, a eight and a half by eleven white sheet of paper printed out tonight only garage toi and it was like in the corner of the club's window, and we were like, okay. But the person, one of the people I was with, was like, this band's really good. We should go. And we go there, and it's Stanton Moore and Marco Benevento was filling in that night for normally Charlie Hunter and Scary on sax. Is that how you Skerrick. say Scary Skerrick Skerrick. on sax? And this dude playing vibes, and it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. And so this record is back to a trio format. Charlie Hunter's back in the game with Stan Moore and Skerrick, and it's super cool. And it's like weirdo New Orleans vibes, for sure. So that's one of my honorable mentions. And then my other one, I went from weird to straight-up traditional. 
and I went with a recording from the Preservation Hall Jazz Band that came out in 2004, which is notable because it's the last recording they did pre-Katrina. And so it's to me, it's almost like a like a bittersweet snapshot of the of the work and the music they were doing at that time because it came out in, in 2004. And the song I picked is Just a Closer Walk with Thee, which is a classic. It means a lot to me too because I actually hired a, a New Orleans brass band for my dad's funeral and I asked specifically that they play this song because wow. it's commonly done for um, for a New Orleans funerals. It was it was not New Orleans, but uh, we, we kind of brought that because my dad had a long, long history with New Orleans, loved going down there, went to many a jazz fest and nice. loved the music. So I couldn't think of a better send off for him than to do that. Nice. That was very cool, man. Very, very cool. Uh, all right. Freddie Beans. Yes, we got sir. buddy. All right, uh, honorable mentions, a uh, song that was written by Earl King and uh, actually became a hit for Professor Longhair again. And Earl King is on the original recording, um, uh, which is Big Chief. He got back and put in our house. Keep our water, gonna make me Uh, it's a big standard, I guess, Mardi Gras standard. Again, if we're going to use use that word for a perennial song. The next one I have is a song by the Wild Magnolias, All on a Mardi Gras Day. Mardi Gras day and uh those are my two picks and man this has been a great fun episode I, and I gotta go so Big Chief one of my favorite songs of all time uh, the Professor Longhair version ah it's the best it's so good from it's so long but it's so good and the the horns they're chord choices it's like dissonant and it's like the stabs, and they're like, but it's you don't mind that it's like it's like dissonant, like in like regular intervals, like dissonant, <laughs> dissonant, dissonant, dissonant. But it's just like so awesome. Um, so I just want to make sure to say that Big Chief probably the winner, in my opinion, of all our songs on this whole entire list. That's tops. Um, but uh, Mr. Blonde Selick, what are your honorable mentions, sir? All right. Uh, b- before that, um, first I think you might see Big Chief back for the. Uh, the Wright Fiction's uh, Best Whistling in Music uh, yes. <laughs> podcast. Uh, and also, uh, to go back to Brendan's really quick, I saw Garage à Trois uh, in 2005 at the TLA, actually. Um, I was remember because I was at that Larry Fine restaurant right next to it, and the Cosmopolitans were on special, and, and me and the boys had a whole bunch of Cosmos, and then one watching <laughs> saw Garage à Trois, and they all dressed in red Puma jumpsuits and just absolutely just 
killed it. Maybe probably my my last fond memory of the TLA. It's been a bunch of non-fond ones since then, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, okay, so for my honorable mentions, first I made this one a last-minute audible um, just because I needed one of the song and the artist to get in there, and I went with Ico Ico. The Dr. John version. There's a million, bazillion versions, but if we're talking New Orleans, that's kind of an old, you know. There's many versions of that, and also like uh, Dr. John is New Orleans, right? Like we didn't. I'm not making. I'm not just shoehorning him in there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Oh, no one. No one brought him up. He's kind of a pretty important one there. Yeah. And He's then very um, important. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I saw, I mean, I I actually had a kind of a redundant artist that Freddie had, and then this morning I'm like, oh. Oh, poopy! We we need we need to have him in this. That would be a an, an unfortunate stub, but it's not like this is a super wide, you know, uh, group to go with, you know, as far as like artist load. And then uh, uh for my other for my other uh, honorable mention, I went with uh, the song "Hurricane Season" by Trombone Shorty. Nice little more of a modern take on the New Orleans sound. I actually saw him at Jazz Fest in 2010, and he knocked my freaking socks off. Fantastic, fantastic band, fantastic artist. Yeah, excellent. I once saw Trombone Shorty getting uh, what did they call down there in New Orleans? Like a snow cone? What is it? A hurricane. No, no, no. It wasn't a hurricane. Oh. It was like uh, <laughs> it was like a ice, and then you pour the stuff on top of it. I guess snow, snow cone. Yeah, yeah, snow yeah, cone. Yeah, snow cone. Because it's something special down there Sorry. or something they anyway. call it something else i don't know yeah I, I saw him like giddy and i was like hey that's that guy uh, um but anyway but great picks man great picks yeah, man. and then uh so i'm gonna bring up the rear here this is uh aaron brown aka the mookie blaylock of uh podcast snowball uh snowball yeah 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 dishing out assists left and right uh, and snowballs and snowballs <laughs> Uh, so my first I will mention pick is my guy. I love this dude, Earl King. You said him before. He, he wrote uh, Big Chief. Uh, his song Street Parade. Oh, it's so special, man. This guy, I don't know why he wasn't more famous. Maybe it was, I don't know what the deal is, but... His music is great, terrific. Hendrix covered uh, terrific. one of his tunes. Of course he come did. On. He, this guy is. Oh come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. His music is. Uh, anyway, everybody should know Earl King. No Earl King. Anyway, the the song on the playlist is Street Parade, and uh, my other one is. I I, I feel like you know just kind of how Adam how you incorporated Doctor John. You, you got to get Doctor John on here. We got to get uh, Kermit Ruffins and the Barbecue Swingers. Oh, yeah. Uh, with this song, what is New Orleans? Um, it just you can't talk about this. Just like Louis Armstrong, you can't talk about this without mentioning Kermit Ruffin. So I put the "What is New Orleans?" his song. Trim me, trim me, baby, trim me. What is New Orleans? Part two. Rebreak style. New Orleans is. 
And, um, you know, with that, uh, I'm going to kick it back to you, Adam. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, Brandon. Well, I'm just remembering I didn't get to tell my grandmother's story. Oh, oh yes. Please. And, oh, please. Yes, but there would have been left the entire Come on. country of New Zealand hanging. I know. This one, and for <laughs> Brent. Don't forget Brent. He's tuning in. Oh, yeah. Brent and New Zealand. Yeah, those, <laughs> our t- those are our two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> So, okay, and if this if this sucks, just feel free to edit it out. But um, so many many years ago, when I was like just starting to get into music, I was listening to Aaron Neville, and I think I was listening to Tell It Like It Is, obviously one of the big ones. And my grandmother, who was like a DLOL, dear little old lady, you know, like classic total square lover to death, but like I don't think she's ever been in New Orleans, and she was like, he has such a sweet voice, but you know. He's a big guy, and you don't mess with Aaron Neville. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I don't know why I remember that. And then fast forward so many years later, I'm down in New Orleans, and I'm I'm volunteering in the Ninth Ward with uh, a bunch of volunteers, like, cleaning up after Katrina, like, trying to do a little bit of help. And I had to go to, I think, a lumber store with one of the guys who lived down there. And we're riding in his truck, and we were talking about music and stuff, and I brought up Aaron Neville and the Neville Brothers, and how you brought up earlier, Freddie, like the Neville Brothers actually used to run in some gangs. And he said, oh, Aaron Neville, you do not mess with Aaron Neville. But he didn't say mess with. (laughs) I was like, how did my grandmother know that? That I think your grandmother's weird. a little more plugged it's, in than you thought. Yeah, yeah. She's she's always been a hip lady. I, she took me to my first concert, actually. Yeah, so wow. that's my that's my grandmother's story. Thank you. Is that you. your dad's mother? Yes. Wow. That makes, yeah. Maybe she had a run-in with Aaron Neville. Maybe. She scooted up north her. real fast. She was trying to hold him up once, and like he was like, no! You don't do that to Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville don't play that. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, that's cool, man. That's and that's cool that you went down there, did the thing. Like, just w- w- just real quick, like, what was that experience like going down there after Katrina and cleaning up? Was that part of the Philly to Nola group you were part yeah. of? I guess. And so post Katrina, there were, there was uh, one woman in particular who spearheaded it, uh, Robin, who worked at World Cafe Live. Yeah, and she's great, and she like founded this organization, Philly to New Orleans. The idea being send Philly people and musicians down to help and then bring up New Orleans musicians to um, get gigs because they were all out of work. And so we went down to help build, uh, there was one house in particular, one family that, who were displaced and we did some renovations on their house to try to get it back. And it was it was tragic. It was so sad to be down there and see the destruction and really humbling to just be a small part of it. And we were there for maybe a week and it was a life-changing experience. We got to play a gig because I went down with the band I was in at the time. We played a gig down there as part of our trip, and then every day we were volunteering. So it was active, but, um, yeah, really incredible. Wow. Where'd you play a gig at? The Maple Leaf. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, we nice. played. We opened with Bonarama, uh, and they were they were great. That was, like, one of the most hospitable gigs ever. I'll never forget because they, they came to us after our set, and they had just played their first set of two, and they were like, hey – um, you know, I hope this is okay, but you know, they asked us to play it a little bit longer and we're going to give you guys a little bit more money and we're going to, um, extend your bar tab a little longer. If you don't mind, if we just play a little bit longer tonight and we were like, what? <laughs> so Heck you're going to no. pay us more money so we can party and listen to you longer into the night. We love new Orleans. <laughs> but wait, they wanted you to play longer? Or no. Set? Sure. We were done. We had already played. 
they paid us more money so they could play longer and they let us party longer. I would, yeah, it may. Doesn't mean we're in the wrong market. <laughs> they were kind of like Robin's go-to band for that whole thing. Right? Yeah, they, they came were up here, awesome played hosts. a lot. Yeah, yeah, at World Cafe Live and yeah, really awesome other people. Places. Yeah, yep. wow, cool. that is super cool. Awesome. Wow. Uh, on that note, though, we uh, got to kick it to you, Mr. Anonymous Pumpkin. Oh, boy. All right. I'm going for all 12 here. Check it out. Uh, all right. Here we go. And uh, so I'm jamming out to Henry's Boogie under the yellow moon. And it's raining. But I just don't <laughs> care because it's Mardi Gras. And you, before we go to the Mardi Gras, you need to meet me at the battlefront because... We just wrote this song, Honda Wanda. Need to learn it. Need to learn it now. But it ain't, ain't that a shame that all that small tone talk is knocking down Country John. But we know better about Country John. We know a lot better about Country John. And do you really know what it means to miss New Orleans without the tunes Indian Red and Little Liza Jane? I don't think you really do. <laughs> well done, sir. Well it's a 12 done, banger, sir. right? There. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You I look like a black turtleneck whenever you do You're that. the man. And a pipe. <laughs> and a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> a little some snaps, yeah. I don't know. Black turtlenecks just make Steve Jobs to me. I don't know. That's just. I think he's taken them over from the beatniks. Oh, yeah. Wow. But, well, but, I, but, but no, I need, I need, a, I need, a, I need a, a beret, especially for the, for the French, the French aspect of, of Mardi Gras. I'm, all right. I'm, working, I'm workshopping another one for you, Adam. Uh, so anyway, on the behalf of- The human Mad of, Lib? Huh? <laughs> The but human Mad Lib. <laughs> do a Mad Lib. That's, that's kind of like a Mad... I'm pretty much just like filling in... I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. It's basically pretty much. What I, how I treat it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on behalf of Freddie, Bo Betty, Freudy, Freddie Beans, Berman. On behalf of Brendan, Meta, Potty, McGeehan... On behalf of Adam, Adam Hedrum, Anonymous Pumpkin, Blonde Selick, am I missing something? Oh, Dr. Podiatrist, Zelensky, uh, I am Aaron Brown, a.k.a. Corn Teeth, a.k.a. the Mookie Blaylock of Podcast. This has been The List, a Right Fiction Podcast, and we'll be back again next week with another pop for your ears. Take care. Right fiction.